0: Get Katan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code MOM at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash xfi.
1: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. So today's episode is inspired by two things. Two. Two. And I only put one in the outline, so the other one is a surprise. Yeah, you got me. (laughs) The first one, the main one being... This article from 2010 that I read out of the Atlantic called The End of Men by Hannah Rosen. And it was, it really got me thinking, and it's the basis of a lot of what we're gonna talk about today. And I mentioned it in our Hello 2020s episode. And this article examined the ways that our society is slash was, because it was written 10 years ago, um, shifting in terms of power dynamics. And it's really fascinating. It's the kind of stuff I really like thinking about. Right. (laughs) And yeah, we wanted to talk about some of those things, and she went on to write a book about all of it called The End of Men and the Rise of Women, if you want to check that out. Right. So, disclaimer, before we get into this, this
0: discussion is largely centered around Western civilization, and in particular, the U.S., but all of this certainly has global implications, and we will definitely get into that as well, Mm -hmm. and a good bit of this is skewed hetero as well, so especially head of the household stuff, so you're going to get a lot of the normative ideas Yeah. So just go ahead and put that there.
1: Yeah, and that actually is a good segue into my second reason. Yes. A couple years ago, when my dad like first got really ill, like the effects were really making themselves known, my mom and I were in the kitchen, and she was kind of saying, well, what are we going to do about this and this and this? And I jokingly said, perhaps with a little alcohol in me, well, (laughs) I can be the man of the house. And I, I was talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> this is this is so stereotypical, gender stereotypical, but he did the grilling. I was like, I can do that. I can do that. That's fine. I can carry heavy stuff. I All can right. do that. Yeah. So it was just this idea that got in my head that we still have this sort of men do this and they are the head of the house. Right. And the fact that I just said it uh, jokingly really got me thinking. And so we wanted to to take a look at how that is changing. Right, and of course, this has become a bigger conversation.
0: Yes. And it's getting more and more elaborate because you and I, I couldn't stop talking about some of the things that we were researching and I'm like, and we need to do this? Because yes. <laughs> it just became such a whole big storm yeah. of underlying issues mm. or even questions.
1: Right. And that's actually a, probably another good disclaimer to put in here. This is obviously perhaps very complicated. Right. There is a lot, Right, a lot of factors going on and it's hard to point to things and say, oh, it's this. Right. It's this thing. And it, that means it's all gonna move this way. It's just so convoluted. Right. And Anything
0: with sociology is gonna yeah. be ever
1: growing and ever
0: changing. Right. So that's an obvious disclaimer to everything when we talk about <laughs> yeah, ideas that's true. or ideology.
1: <laughs> that should be a blanket disclaimer for every episode <laughs> we do. <laughs> so we did wanna start with a couple of key stats and definitions, one being, post-industrial economy, because that's something we're really talking about today. From the dictionary, that is a phrase that describes the shift of some major industrial economies in the late 20th century away from producing goods and toward producing services. And with that, college degrees. Women earn three to every two
0: men earn. So 60% of women earn a bachelor's degree in the mid-2000s, and there was even concern about the growing gender gap at public universities. Some elite liberal schools were investigated by the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights under the grounds that they were discriminating in admissions in order to maintain what they regard as an appropriate gender balance. And when research suggested that being male increased acceptance rates by up to 9%, it was regarded as an, quote, open secret and an acknowledgement that men just needed a little help.
1: That's a quote, too. Uh, They asked uh, an admissions, uh, dean of admissions, and he said, Well, we just, men just need a little extra push. Like they just need a little help. What? As of 2015, 72.5% of girls who had graduated high school were enrolled in two or four year colleges, compared to 65.8% of boys. 56% of college students were women. And I found a whole infuriating essay arguing that women were just entering college at high rates to get an MRS. So they of were going to drop out when they got married. That's where
0: you go to find your husband, yeah?
1: I, you know, that's what I've been told. Well, I failed. Horribly. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Another way we didn't achieve. Damn it. <laughs> Blast. And this college degree thing, for better or worse, is a big deal when it comes to finding a job in our post industrial economy. For a long time, men without college educations could depend on manual labor based jobs, but those jobs, are disappearing, and they are going to continue to disappear. After the recession, almost 8.5 million of the about 11.6 jobs created required a college degree.
0: And there's been recent research at every level of education looking into why boys underperform when compared to girls. And all kinds of reasons have been suggested. Curriculum bias towards girls, brain chemistry, all the such. And studies have found, too, that boys who do well in school get made fun of more than girls often with some sort of insult comparing them to a girl. Oh, no. The worst. Right? Yeah. Surveys have found that girls are more concerned about getting good grades, and uh, maybe we could say that we, two hold girls at a higher standard and punish them more when they don't meet those standards.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time I got a B and I was grounded, and I can't tell you about my brother's grades compared to mine and how little they were grounded. Oh,
0: well, I'm not bitter about it. Right. Anymore. I think for me, my brother's there was always excuses why they didn't do well. Now, my oldest brother is a genius, and he did well with everything he did. My mm-hmm. younger, older brother, I'm the youngest, mm-hmm. he didn't do as well, mm-hmm. and there was reasons as to why, and he was just not that type and all of those things right. as where it was just expected. So when I did make those good grades, I didn't get celebrated. It was just like, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's course, your
1: baseline. Right, of right. course.
0: like It wasn't that I was punished if I didn't do well. It was mm-hmm. just like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course you would. I made an 89 and (gasps) got in trouble. I made one C. (laughs) Oh! My heart didn't actually hurt at that. It was like the fifth grade, though. It's fine. (laughs) It's all fine. (laughs) Oh, We're such nerds. We are. That's okay. Um, To combat these these things we were talking about, about um, boys underperforming compared to girls in schools at young age, especially researchers have suggested all kinds of things from all boys classes, giving boys more time on test and allowing them to walk around the classroom. And the U S is not the only place this education gap is occurring. There are a lot of articles you can find, um, in different countries where even up to the government, they're looking into, into this and why it might be. And then Once you move out of college, let's look at the workforce. A majority of the fastest-growing job sectors are currently dominated by women, with notable exception for STEM jobs. Which is changing. Yes.
0: So 2010 statistics from the U.S. Department of Labor found that women made up over 50% of accountant positions, over 50% of professional slash managerial jobs, over 50% of banking and insurance jobs, and 45% of law firm associates. Also, 33% of physicians.
1: Yes, And as we discussed in that Hello 2020 episode, a lot of the jobs that are being automated are in sectors traditionally dominated by men, while jobs that can't be so easily replaced, jobs that require interpersonal skills like listening and empathy, have long been dominated by women. And to be clear, as we've said numerous times, women aren't naturally better at those things. We're, we're certainly socialized to be better at those things. But there's nothing stopping men from going into, say, nursing or teaching jobs like that. A lot of the articles on the subject brought that up and that women have been able to adapt to traditionally masculinized jobs, but men haven't been able to or are unwilling to to adapt to feminized jobs. Women are more likely to adopt traditionally masculine traits like assertiveness along with traditionally feminine-coded traits, whereas men still largely avoid being associated with feminine traits. Sexism. It hurts everybody. Uh. (laughs) It hurts everybody. It will be interesting to see if men do eventually move into these jobs, especially if the compensation goes up, as has happened so many times before, like in computer engineering. Well, as a social worker, Mm -hmm. that was one of the big
0: pushes, um, trying to get male... Students as a part of the actual demographics mm-hmm. and they being told they were told to their face, you will get paid more. You will move up faster because you will be one of the few men in this field.
1: Whoa. Yeah, wow. I remember that. I remember
0: looking around going, "Any what? this what's happening? Okay. <laughs> I, mean, and I think she was saying that as just a statement and not necessarily as a pro or a con. It was just, this is what's going to happen. You should stay oh, in this field. Like wow.
1: Like, a, just, yeah. this is the reality yeah. of it. Mm-hmm.
0: So women in leadership positions, particularly management, have risen, though we still have a long ways to go. Wage gap, obviously, yeah. is still a big, big problem because we continue to talk about it in almost every sector, in almost every field. Right. Um, what did that recent study say? That we, you and I were talking about. Yeah. It was like, it'll only take, oh, I don't know, 257 years for the gap to close. <laughs> only 257. Only to, everything's going to be perfectly fine. Sure, in the world 257 will be totally years. cool. <laughs> right. As it's not burning yes. in flames
1: right now. Yes. Uh, we have high hopes. High hopes. Such hopes. And then, yeah, let's talk about this head of the household thing. Women still do a majority of unpaid domestic work. We talk about that all the time, like cleaning, cooking, and child care. They make up most of American consumer choices and spending and control a good chunk of the financial decisions, although there is conflicting data on that point. In either case, it's close to 50%. So they're controlling a lot of what's going on in the household. Working mothers are the primary income earner, four out of ten times, and the average working mom brings home about 45% of family income. This means that the traditional family dynamic is changing. And then, of course, there's the life expectancy. In the U.S. and most countries, women have longer life expectancies. American women live five years longer on average here in the United States. Right, so that's a good thing. Maybe <laughs> Maybe. 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 I mean, we could be that's more for. yeah, exactly. That is a like longer of an expense we right. have to pay for. And if you aren't making money or you're there's a wage gap and you should have more money, then right. that is a bit of a problem. Right. Actually. So. Let's look back on the past.
0: Let's do it. Shall we? Yes. So things are changing very rapidly. The 70s, when American women started entering the workforce in mass, happened to coincide with companies moving their offices out to the suburbs for lower rent. Right. Obviously. Who did they find ready and eager to fill those positions?
1: Women! Yes. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. Also in the 1970s, a man named Ronald Erickson started leasing to clinics what he touted as the first scientific method of choosing the sex of a baby. He grew up on a ranch, and he would show up to presentations in a cowboy hat and boots, sometimes using a pointer made out of the cartilage from a bull's penis. Yeah. Also, his ranch is the backdrop to the Marlboro Man's Ranch. That's his place, so... That's, that's kind of a picture of this guy. <laughs> he was such a presence that People magazine pitched a television miniseries about him called Cowboy in the Lab. I mean, sounds like a winner. Sounds like a hit. <laughs> that's so 70s to me. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but for some reason it feels very 70s. But not everyone at People was a fan of this guy. In the 1984 write-up on Erickson, Roberta Steinbacher wrote, You have to be concerned about the future of all women. There's no question that there exists a universal preference for sons. So her concern being everyone's going to choose boys. If if this technology is available, everyone's going to go with boys. Obviously. Right. But it turned out... This was not the case. A couple of decades later, in the 90s, Erickson surveyed the 20 or so-ish clinics that offered his method and found that more people were choosing girls as opposed to boys, despite the fact that advertisements touted it as more successful at producing boys. And yes, I think this is still a thing. You can still do it. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Erickson claims that women used to timidly request for a girl, like maybe they'd say, oh, I already have a son, I'd like a girl. But now, and this is a quote, they just call and say outright, I want a girl. These mothers look at their lives and think their daughters will have a bright future their mother and grandmother didn't have, brighter than their sons even. So why wouldn't you choose a girl? Another company that does pretty much the same thing called Microsort purportedly gets about 75% requests for girls. I wonder if
0: part of that is also they know that the girls will take care
1: of them oh, as, as uh, You know, in yeah. geriatric level. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. I'm, I'm always just
0: looking about, out. I'm, just, I'm thinking about what's going to happen to me when I'm old. I'm like, who's <laughs> going to take care of me? Peaches is definitely not going to take care of me. <laughs> <Aww>.
1: It's true. <laughs> so,
0: <but laughs> so that's huge when we think about the history of women being property and of not having access to opportunity. Men have been in power just about everywhere for, you know, Forever. Yeah. So, queens murdered for not having sons, bearing an heir. Ancient Greek men allegedly tied off their left testicle in the belief this would increase their chances of having a boy. And if you wanted a girl, you tied off the right and ate a lot of salad. Yes.
1: There are so many hilarious
0: yeah. history jokes yeah. about salad. I have a whole book on them. Maybe that's just a whole thing, you know. Oh, whatever. it is. <laughs> okay. I mean, just in general, salads somehow get you laid, somehow get you a girl. <laughs> okay, whatever. But all of that maybe is an aphrodisiac which i still hold it's, to the point that that's not sexy i've never been sexy eating a salad
1: just so you know actually okay the salad is the only food item i've i've read that it's an aphrodisiac but it's the only food item i've done on my other show saver that we found was referenced as not an aphrodisiac yes, <laughs> It's not sexy. I've watched myself eating a salad.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's not pretty. You get the long leaves and they're just... And then you just start shoveling more because it's not tasty enough. And then you're choking. And then you're like spitting out half the tomatoes. I mean... And then the dressing is dribbling down your face. It's, a whole it's not sexy. It's not. We agree I mean, on this point. Eating it makes me feel sexy because I'm salad. like you know, salad's delicious, but <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I anyway, digress. Yes, the importance of firstborn sons as the most valuable in things like the Bible, yeah. as we know, or if we look at more modern things like China's one-child policy and the clear preference for boys. That's having an enormous impact. To this day. And yeah. we see that. We see that as a conversation. We see that as policy changing as well. Mm-hmm. in A lot of places. And I think if you do look back at the Bible, and if we even look about inheritance yes. and rights and who has rights to property, mm-hmm. even not up until recent, who gets claim?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I actually have in my family an example of of the the man of the family inheriting everything over all of the women in it but anyway Mm. rosen also details the example of south korea where up until the 70s and 80s women who didn't have boys were often abused um forced to be domestic servants that started changing when restrictions around women in the workplace were lifted and droves of women went to universities and got jobs and then things just snowballed from there. laws changing to give women more autonomy and agency owning property, keeping custody of their children. In 1985, a survey of South Korean women found that over 50% said they must have a son. In 2003, that number was only 15%. Mm. Okay. So it makes economic sense that countries that embrace all of their people as resources as opposed
0: to just half of them would have more success. So there's sort of a domino effect of countries taking note of the financial power of women in the workplace and following suit. Political quotas have played a role in this shift as well. So indicators are everywhere. 40% of private businesses are owned by women in China, and about 50% of entrepreneurs in that country are women, which is amazing because the population is 45% women. Yeah. So that's amazing numbers. A couple of years ago, women in China protested after some universities put policies in place that made it harder for them to gain entrance after the acceptance rate tilted towards women.
1: And then in 2009, Iceland-elected Prime Minister Johanna Sigurðardóttir, the first openly lesbian head of state. She ran on the platform of ending the, quote, age of testosterone, pointing to the damage done by the rich men who ruined that country's banking system. She's not wrong. The age of testosterone, (laughs) Some evidence suggests that our post-industrial economy might just be easier for women to navigate. During the 2008 recession, 75% of the 8 million of American jobs lost were held by men, with a lot of traditionally male sectors getting hit the hardest. And that brings us to a section on some backlash and fallout to all of this. are Are you surprised? What? Yes. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you
0: by China. The China brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness.
1: Yes. And right now, that is more important than ever especially when we're all apart. So recently I had a group and we had a a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we, we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun.
0: Yeah, and I'm, with the disposable products, I know that the China brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before, that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers in traditional
1: or now not.
0: Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this
1: is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night, and it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. (laughs) Hours we played. Hours. And uh, yes, I lost. But I had fun. You had fun. (laughs) Well, obviously it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code MOM at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And yes, we're back with some backlash to all yeah. of this. So let's talk about that. So the
0: nostalgia election of Trump. There is certainly an argument to be made, and it has been made that working-class men, afraid of their place in this new economy, and all of this social change helped elect Trump. Nostalgia is a very powerful thing, and of course, so is fear. Yeah. Um, which is trying to start over again. That's scary. Yeah. And thinking that you've lost your good privilege and your place in life which was nice and and comfy yeah is all of a sudden question.
1: yeah and i i mean comfy in coal mining maybe not but you had a you had a set job and you were secure in that job and it's being threatened now right. and i feel like it was one of the most annoying things to me personally during the election cycle and post election when there is precisely 1 million news stories on older white men who used to mine coal and they're really mad about it right. now and they want it to come back right well The world is changing. Right. It's burning. (laughs) (laughs) Again, literally. literally, (laughs) The world is burning. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) End of story. We always strive to leave you on a high note. Feel upbeat. Uh, as part of this backlash and fallout, one of the most interesting things I found, or that Hannah Rosen found, and I got to discover thanks to her her great work in that article, uh, male support groups that have sprung up across the country, um, but particularly in areas hardest hit by the changes of post-industrial economy, like in areas that were big in coal. These groups focus on things like coping with job loss or shifting family dynamics. Mustafa el leads one such group in Kansas City, mostly populated by men required to attend um, after not paying child support or, or something like that. On one of the nights Rosen attended, el lectured, quote, What is our role? Everyone's telling us we're supposed to be the head of a nuclear family, so you feel like you got robbed. It's toxic and poisonous, and it's setting us up for failure. Then he went to the whiteboard and wrote, $85,000, this is her salary. Then $12,000, This is your salary. Who's the damn man? Who's the man now? That's right, she's the man. It's a great movie. Amanda Bynes. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. What a throwback. I wasn't (laughs)
0: expecting. You're welcome. And though it's not a support group, it does seem like unsolicited conventions and programs are popping up promising to make men manlier or more badass. And women, great again. And I know I'm sure you guys have referenced or heard this reference, and I'm not going to elaborate anymore, but it includes... A promise, because you and I went on to sites to look at these things, including a promise to increase your femininity by 500%, which, by the way, is hilarious and frightening because I'm cool with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. All I'm imagining is like I just constantly bleed for years and years and for the rest of my life. That's the level of femininity that I don't ever want to be
1: at. (laughs) So it leads to your death.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just like forever periods for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, gosh, that sounds horrible. Right, that's the 500%. Oh, wow, above. the 500% guarantee. <laughs> I'm not sure I want 500% more of anything. Right, which is like, where did... how. And do, how do did you this, prove it? Where did this number come from? Are we saying these conferences aren't scrupulous? Is it
0: meaning that I will forever turn away from men altogether because you've scared me away from men in such a way that I just want to go into my hut and my island of my lady friends and those who are like, yeah. I'm into that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or my friends who identify as females or
1: non-binary and just hang out with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be a beautiful world. I think that would be the complete opposite of what they would want. But, but that's 500% feminine. That's true. They didn't think this through. <laughs> They didn't think it through. Who, who could believe it? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> there are other issues, too, other backlashes, I guess. The boon of men inheriting a family business or a farm might now be more of a curse if the business does not make a profit in our modern economy or the farm doesn't. The women would or could go off to the city, get an education, a job, and when they return, if they ever do return, the men feel like their status isn't up to par compared to that. Statistics show that compared to 1970, when 84% of women between the ages of 30 to 44 were married, nowadays it's only about 60%. Some of the reasons suggested for why that might be are that women can't find men with comparable education and income, and that's something that's really important to them. And I'm sure you all probably heard the headline, pretty sure we've mentioned it on this show before, that semi-recently made the rounds about how The researcher, male researcher, said that while marriage benefited men and children, he did not recommend it for women. (laughs) He said that in the article. He said single women are, quote, the happiest group of people, which is such a reverse of how we're portrayed in
0: everything. Such a huge reverse, and for a man to say that even. I know. Mm. (laughs) So we're seeing this play out all over our media, too. The displaced man who feels lost, like a loser. So, like. Films Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, She's Out of My League, Noah Bombek's Greenberg, and even Yes, these underachievers usually do still get the woman that is, quote, out of their league. Right. <laughs> And we've seen the backlash trope of the cougar and the double standards therein. However, as Gal Collins wrote in the New York Times, the trope is more and more starting to look like desperate young American men who are latching on to an older woman who's a good earner, a.k.a. every other Tyler Perry movie ever. <laughs> yes. Just, saying. Uh-huh. Just saying. So up in the air, the whole plot is about... George Clooney, multiple Sexiest Man Alive winner who plays a dude in the midst of layoffs told by his younger female coworker he's too old. And then he finds out that the woman that is his age, he just hooked up with, and consequently, of course, falls in love with, is married with kids. The betrayal.
1: Yeah. And that's such a huge flip, too, because normally that would be, right. I mean, it's George Clooney. Right. And normally that would be the woman. She falls in love right. after having a casual hookup. Right. And she finds out he's got a family. Oh, no. But it's, it's flipping. And, of course, there's a lot of, a lot of double standards we could talk about here, especially with the cougar. we got to come back to that one day um, because <laughs> we just had a good idea for a horror movie yeah. based on Freddy Krueger, but, but the cougar. Anyway. My slip up. Yeah, your a new slip movie title—that's the best kind of slip-up. Yes. That is the best kind of slip-up. In Jessica Gross's Slate article "Omega Males and the Women Who Hate Them," she details the omega male, who are men who are unemployed and have trouble in the romantic department. Men who were told as boys that they'd grow up and have everything, could be anything, and then that just didn't happen, and sort of what that results in. Um, if we look at the future, and I was thinking personally how I've seen things change. I, I have seen a lot of what we're talking about reflected in my own friend groups where my female friends, they say, look, here, here are my standards. If you don't meet them, I'm fine by myself. And that, that's for dating, but also for friends. Like, this, this, is, this is what I want. I'm going to go kick ass. I'm going to go work hard. I'm going to focus on myself. And um, that's if I happen to meet somebody along the way, great. Otherwise... Whatever, and personally, I can say I used to have a very severe fear that I would settle one day, and I don't have that fear at all anymore. Um, I would absolutely <laughs> rather be alone than right settle.
0: I think that's kind of where we are now. I was thinking about this earlier today um. Being almost forty, and I, I keep mentioning that you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> um, Sending presents. How I have again, we haven't met all of these expectations in mm-hmm. life, or I haven't hit all of the milestones that I thought I was supposed to. And I was thinking about children today, and I'm thinking, am I abnormal that I don't even have an inkling of? Yes, I need a child. I need to bear children, you know, mm-hmm. or have something to take, take care of, and that I'm very happy with just being quote-unquote, a dog mom, you know? <laughs> she and has I just, a
1: candle that says that, everybody. I just want to put I that out
0: there. I did not buy this for myself. <laughs> but you've got one. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. I can't, I can't deny it. Anyway, but yeah, so all of those things have come to the point that I'm like, because I know I'm, my body is getting to the point that I'm not going to be able to have ability to have children, whether, you know, because my biological clock has quit on me or fell out or I pushed it out. However, you know, I've drunk mm-hmm. it away. However you want to take it about it. That, it, But it's not something that I miss. It's not something that I feel like I'm going to regret because it's not coming to my mind. Yeah. And I just thought about that today. And I was like, huh, I wonder how, am I just a weird? Am I just an abnormal person? Am I, is there something wrong with me? Because right. I don't even have those Feelings, mm-hmm. And I expected to have it. Um, but I think that's a question of, all right, so what does that mean? Because when we go back and forth about, all right, we're coming to the age that we are supposed to be in these places in our lives, yeah. but we miss those points. And to the point that I'm like, I care for myself. Mm-hmm. I do not have... Men to do these things for me. I do my father, I, I know I could depend on him if I had questions, but he's not someone I go to often. He's not someone that I look to to help me out all the time. I buy my own car, I buy my, you know, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of those things. Uh-huh. I sign off on my own uh, insurance stuff. I make these decisions, although I wish someone would make it for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice. Mm-hmm. But all of those things that, you know, for the longest time I thought I had to have a husband, a partner to do this with. Mm-hmm. Or that eventually would become something I would do with, you know, if I do end up buying a house, what does that look like? Right. And we no longer have to have that. That's not a requirement. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, all of these things are being met without the need for that partner.
1: Right. You know. Yeah, and that's, uh, we're not really going to talk about this today, but those are definitely other factors, too. Of I think it's interesting that as life expectancy has gone on and with things like birth control, we 're not making these these decisions as young anymore but people still do and I wonder because I thought I wanted kids when I was like probably up until 22 or something yeah, I think I
0: was like 28 when I thought I would
1: still want yeah kids. there was I there was a pretty long time when I was very convinced um and if I had found uh, somebody I was really into and got pregnant then maybe I would be right it's just you're your brain changes and your wants changes and it feels like I just wonder how many things that are changing a a part of that is where we have access to birth control and you know we're thinking about well I how can I afford this if you're telling me I gotta I can't my there's a wage gap and I'll like the What is it? (laughs) We haven't gotten raises in forever. Right,
0: Cost of living has changed constantly, but we don't get raises. As a government worker, I never got one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 2%. And by the way, Mm. 2% of minimum wage is not Mm. that much, essentially. Um, But that's kind of the thing and everything else is when we look at the household, my household is not make up with a man in it. Mm -hmm. My household is me and my dog. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Me and my dog. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and I think that's, been the way it is, and Mm -hmm. that's going to be the way it is for a long while, even with being in a relationship or whatever, it's still not, I consider that as, hey, what are we going to do? Of course, I'm going to be considered and ask you to be a part of this or whatever, but you're not a part of my household. Right. You know, and it's kind of, to me, same as, like, my relationship with him is similar to my relationship with you. In that friendship of, hey, you're coming over? Let's have dinner. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to give you drinks. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a pillow. I'm going to give you whatever you need. I got I'm, you, boo. I'm getting
1: a drawer. You're getting a drawer. I'm getting a drawer. Which,
0: again, is still more than he's got, so.
1: <laughs> well, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. And, yeah, we're definitely, like, I have friends who have the house, the household and the kids and the perfect, well, not perfect and it's a partnership. Thing. And it is, yeah. We don't want to uh, look down upon that at all. I think it's just changing how we view it and the multitude of experiences that can right. be encompassed in it.
0: I think that, yeah, we're noting the changes and then the vast changes that are happening. Yeah. Because also I know for a lot of people who have that set up, who can't have children, who are unable to have children, you know, that's a heartbreaking part of their lives too. Mm-hmm. And that's something we need to acknowledge as well. And again, we things are changing, hopefully changing for the better. Who yeah. knows? Um, to have that as an accomplishment as well, right? If that's what an accomplishment is for
1: you, yeah. And we do have a little bit more, uh, some concluding thoughts. Ooh. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: Gotta tell you about Best Fiends. It's a game. Pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays this sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated, with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game... Without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there. Hit download Best Fiends for free. Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends without the R, Best Fiends. This
0: episode is brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more.
1: The Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth, So you can track when you're brushing, get tips, you can earn points, and you can redeem those points for rewards. Already have a Quip? Start
0: getting rewards for brushing your teeth today
1: and go to getquip.com slash stuff mom
0: right now to get your first refill free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash stuff mom spelled G E T Q U I P dot com slash stuff mom. Quip better oral health made simple and
1: rewarding. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So we've been kind of painting. I, I suppose you could categorize it as a rosy picture, other than the world is burning. Um, but <laughs> there, there's still a lot of a lot of things that are troubling that we right. we need to combat. One, men still control much of the wealth and higher paid positions, without access to things like paternity leave and affordable childcare. I personally don't think that's going to change anytime soon. As more women run for office and when policies are getting proposed addressing these things, so that's good, that's progress, that's going to have a ripple effect on women and people everywhere. As we've said, a lot of these things are new, so there are growing pains, and we have not seen the full impact of these changes and what that impact will be. For instance, Women do make up a majority of university students but um, are nowhere near represented in college leadership. That's that's going to change because as we see these waves of women graduate, it's just going to have to. And having women in those positions is going to set off a whole other chain of reactions and changes. And it's not going to be easy and it's going to take time, but the ramifications of that are huge.
0: However, companies do see this as a failure in retention, often referring to it as a brain drain. Article after article offer advice to companies about how to retain women. And women who do rise up the corporate pyramid are highly sought after, and they're competitively paid, often earning higher raises. Yay. But the pool is still small. Boo. And of course, there's all this recent research that shows that companies that hire more women and have more women in leadership positions perform better. Corporations are taking note of all of this. Please do. Yeah, yeah, Instituting policies of flex time and mentor programs, which is a very great thing.
1: Yeah. And there are even courses at universities aimed at helping leaders cultivate more traditionally feminine traits like reading body language. And I actually taught one of these classes myself. Uh, early research even suggests that people are starting to view women as more level-headed And this is probably at least in part due to women for so long being gaslighted about being emotional and also that level of perfectionism, which isn't healthy, uh, but makes us push ourselves that we've talked about before on the show. And also, also that whole women mature early thing or girls mature earlier thing, which is now being turned around against men in some professional settings, as in They just take longer to mature. They'll get there eventually. However, as our society transforms, we're redefining what leadership looks like and the qualities that come with it. Uh, Another part of this, I mean, uh, if you want to look at Brett Kavanaugh Christine Blasey Ford, we can see he's sort of freaking out, having the what Tantrums. The tantrums, yeah, yeah, that we would generally call, point out for women, like being emotional while she was... Just even kill, kill. reasonable. Um, but still, she got criticized more. Well, I don't know, whatever. That's bitter. Uh, uh, and I, they are hungry. Yes, and uh, burnout is another part of this conversation that we've talked about before we're not really going to get into today, but these expectations on women to push themselves it does lead to higher rates of burnout.
0: And, of course, there are still barriers to access when it comes to women with lower incomes who can't afford a college education, which is by and large a prerequisite for a lot of what we're talking about. And women of color still face more obstacles than compared to white women. Black women, for instance, who face both sexism and racism in education and the workforce everywhere are far likelier to be sole breadwinners for their households. And
1: student debt is also obviously a huge problem, which is why it's going into a huge mode of debate. Yeah. One study found that if American women participated in the workforce at the same rates of Canada or Germany, it would add $500 billion to our economy a year. A way to address this would be, again, paid paternity leave, flexible hours, equal pay, and affordable child care. And another problem is the stereotypes are still there uh, that women can't lead, for one, impacting how both men and women see women's place in society. The statistics for women are still in a lot of ways bleak when you think about women dominating the lowest-paying jobs while men dominate the highest, the rates of sexual assault and violence against women, the smaller things we've just for so long accepted, like constant exhaustion, harassment, having pain dismissed, not getting sexual satisfaction at the same rates. The picture for women in some areas of the world is definitely not as rosy as what we've been talking about today. Sex trafficking is at an all-time high. Abuse, genital mutilation. As some people rise up, it's our responsibility to uplift others. And all of this
0: work isn't necessarily good for us either. It's stressful and exhausting.
1: Men have more leisure time compared to women. Yes. And uh, we don't want to leave men behind. Feminism is about equality. What? Yes. (laughs) Sexism hurts everyone, like we said. And one of the ways it has historically done that for men is keeping them from forming support groups, which would be helpful during this time of massive shift. It's alarming, but not too surprising that a lot of the support groups that have formed are men's rights groups that view women's increased agency as dangerous. Could tie into this. Uh, we don't really have time to talk about it today, but the the conversation around the crisis of masculinity, toxic masculinity, will definitely come back to that.
0: Yeah, and and just to kind of put this in there, because while we were reading, you and I had this big discussion, and yes, again, we're going to talk a little more about toxic masculinity and all of that, and I know we've been talking about it, and people have been talking about it, but um, and during our research, we found Arthur and feminist Susan Faludi uh, asked in her book, Stiff The Betrayal of the American Man, if perhaps we're looking at the problem and even the solution incorrectly. She writes, Today it is men who cling more tightly to their illusions. They would rather see themselves as battered by feminism than shaped by the larger culture. Feminism can be demonized as just an Quote, unnatural force to try to wrest men's natural power and control from their grasp. Culture, by contrast, is the whole environment we live in. To acknowledge its sway is to admit that men never had the power slash control they imagined. To say that men are embedded in the culture is to say, by the current standards of masculinity, that they are not men. So this could all be a whole other conversation about the reality of misogyny and the idea of what control, And what does it look like when we take a closer look at the root of the idea of misogyny and power? And again, we do want to look deeper into this in future episodes of the root and possible underlying questions in unraveling misogyny, which, yes, (laughs) huge astronomical (laughs) conversation. But hey, we got some time, right?
1: Yes, and <laughs> I would love to talk about that because I, when I was thinking about all this, again, this is the this is the stuff that gets me going. Right. And I've been thinking a lot about control and what that means, what that looks like, and what a world that was actually about equality. What that would look like, right. and dismantling these systems we've put in place that have oppressed people. Exactly, and then just the fact that the word "control" is a
0: heavy word, heavy-handed word. Yeah. And it is used in a very negative connotation right now, I think that when you use that word, that means power over someone. That's mm-hmm. automatic. Yeah. Whether it means that or not, whether it's controlling your emotions, whether it's still power over something, and that in itself causes fear. hmm And a lot of
1: questions. It does. It does. And if you have a lot of questions for us... What? You can send them to us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You and on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Yes, thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, I'm Amy Nelson.
2: And I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy?
0: We both have our own businesses. And between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've
1: been sharing our stories with each other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs. But the stories of women, they remain incomplete.
2: We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.